There's a story from the Babylonian Talmud, the story of some rabbis from around the time of Jesus. One was Rabbi Shammai. He was one of the more conservative ones. And the story goes that someone came to him and said to him, Rabbi, if you can teach me the entire Torah while I'm standing on one foot, then I will be con consider becoming a Jew. Rabbi Shammai took out the ruler that he had near him and beat the man and drove him out. Then the man went to Rabbi Hillel and said to him, Rabbi, if you can teach me the Torah while I'm standing on one foot, then I will consider becoming a Jew. Rabbi Hillel said to him, do not do what is hateful to you, what others would not do to you. That is the whole Torah. The rest is simply commentary. And so Jesus says something similar in this message passage we heard from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. And really it's in this context of what the rabbis often tried to do was take the entire message of the Torah or these first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, take all these commands, 613 commands, and try and boil them down to its essence. And so what Rabbi Hillel was saying, he says, you know, what is hateful to you, don't do to others. Don't do to others. And so he's trying to essentially, and this is exactly what Jesus does here. And so there's kind of two different ways. When we have a set of laws, we can do one of two things. We can try and boil it down to its essential, or we can try and cover every single situation. Now, when you try and cover every single situation, it can simply become legalism, or it can become just kind of overwhelming. But when you try and boil it down, you can struggle a little bit too, because you think, well, that becomes a little bit super tolerant. But here's what Jesus is doing here. He's trying to reduce the essentials of what it looks like to follow him. So we're in the context of the Sermon on the Mount. We've been looking at it for the past nearly five months now. This picture that Jesus is painting of what it looks like to live with him as king. He paints a picture of what it looks like to be blessed. This upside down kingdom where the poor are blessed, where the meek are blessed, where the meek inherit the earth. A, value, a kingdom with upside-down values. And then he calls on his followers to be the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world. And then Jesus says something interesting. He says, I haven't come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. And by that, he means he's going to be the one that all these things point to. But he's also going to be the one who helps us live out God's commands. And then he goes on and he paints a picture of this new kind of life. A new kind of life where murder isn't simply what we do to someone else, but what goes on in our hearts and the words we use. The way we treat other people and objectifying women and others. And so there's this long list of these ways of living out life in the kingdom of God. And then finally he comes to this final thing. And in some sense, it serves as a bookend. He's begun with this picture of not abolishing the law and the prophets. But here he's saying, this is what sums it up. And he says it simply with this, so in everything, so in everything, so does that cover everything? Everything, everything means everything. That's not a fancy Greek word. It just means in everything, due to others and by others. He doesn't simply mean people who look like you, who talk like you, who have the same color skin as you, same political party, same church, same. To others means to everybody. What you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. And so this is what's often known as the golden rule, due to others. And so earlier in the story was the kind of what sometimes ethicists call the silver rule. 
is don't do what you don't want done. That's kind of the negative of it. You know, if you don't want somebody to do it to you, don't do it to them. But this takes it a little bit farther. And what Jesus is getting at what is he's getting at this is the key that much of what we do, and I've learned this over the years, when it comes to following Jesus, so much of our discipleship, so much of following him revolves around our relationship with other people, how we treat others, how we interact with other people. And so here it is. And what he's doing is he's saying he's summing up the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets is simply what we call the Old Testament, the law these first five books and the prophets are the, the rest of the writings. And so he's taking all of this and he's saying, this kind of sums it up. This puts it all together in one simple way to think about it. And this isn't the only place. We heard another story from Jesus where someone comes to him and asks him. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so you kind of hear the similarity between those two, right? Do unto others as you would have them do to you. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so there's similarity. And then he says the same thing. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So this picture is summing them up. Or in the book of James, he says, if you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. And so we hear those words again. Or in Paul's letter to the Romans, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And whatever other commands there may be are summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And so it's a different way he's saying, he's getting at, he's saying, love your neighbor as yourself or do to others what you would have them do to you. It's a fairly simple to understand the challenge really is in doing it. To live like Jesus, to love like him, to do what he did. And it's something that's only possible under God's authority. It's only possible through God working inside of us. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And so as we think through that verse, do to others is the sense of actively seeking good, not just avoiding harm. But it's one thing to simply not hurt somebody. But it's something different to do something good for them. So we say do to others. And so we consider, well, I didn't call them any bad names. But did you build them up in any sort of way? Or you see somebody who's maybe asking for food and needs food. And you didn't take anything from them. But did you do something good for them? And so it's this sense of not simply not don't do what you don't want done. Because it's easier to ignore than it is to care, isn't it? This is what Jesus is getting at. It's one thing to simply ignore and say, well, there's this other thing going on, but I don't need to pay attention to that. But here Jesus is inviting us to actively seek someone's good. To look at what's going on in people's lives and say, I want to do good for them. So this isn't just niceness or tolerance. Tolerance is a popular word these days. We tolerate people and we do. And so tolerance is the silver road. Well, don't do to people what you don't want done to them. Well, I don't like people yelling at me, so I'm not going to yell at anybody. But is it just enough to have people not yell at you? Or is there something else you would rather have? If you make a mistake and somebody doesn't yell at you, you think, well, that's, that's what I would want. But maybe sometimes what you want is somebody to say, hey, 
It's okay. I forgive you. We'll do a little better next time. And so there's where Jesus is getting at is he's getting at this picture of doing to others and what love looks like. And so these different language of, you heard it two different ways. He said, love your neighbor as yourself or do to others what you would want to do to them. And love is a word we use in lots of different ways. Jesus doesn't say, have nice feelings towards other people. But love is seeking the good of others. And so this is what Jesus does. He seeks the good of others and realizes that sometimes it can cost us. Sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's difficult. And so Jesus is calling us with this challenge. He's saying, I want you to do good to other people. Do to others what you want done to you. And so I want us to imagine what it would look like to live by this rule. Imagine you're in the midst of having a disagreement with someone an argument, and you're in the midst of this argument, you're going back and forth, and you realize, as I often do sometimes, that when you're having an argument with sometimes, that the argument is a lot more than about whatever the argument is that's happening at the moment, isn't it? There's a lot of history behind it, and you're in the midst of that moment, and, and you're getting upset, and the person's telling you why you're wrong, and you're going through your mind, and you're thinking through all the reasons they're wrong, and all the things they've done in the past, and you're getting ready, and you're winding up, getting ready to launch... And then you think, do to others what you would have done to you. And you stop, take a breath, maybe step back, and you say, bless those who persecute you. Pray for those who are persecuting you. And so you're stopping in this moment and acting in a different way. You're in the line at the grocery store. My favorite illustration. <laughs> Maybe because it speaks so personally. And that person in front of you is just, you know, they've got the 433 items and they're checking out and they've gone through all the things. And then the cashier gives them the total and then they start reaching in their purse or their wallet to try and find the money. You think, why couldn't you have done that before? And you start to tap your foot and you start to give them the thing and they think, what if they turned and they saw my face at that moment? If I were that person, what would I want done to me? Or if I'm struggling with something, I'm, I'm sitting there and I can't quite figure out how to do something and someone who knows better than me comes up and they, they just kind of push me to the side. They do, is that what I would want done? Now imagine a life, imagine a way of living in which we as a people here at Fruitland Covenant Church lived by this rule. By this simple guideline that Jesus gives us of doing to others, what you would have them do to you. Of being in those moments when we're at work and we're struggling with something and we're trying to figure out what doing and, and we're not sure what the boss is trying to tell us or we have a coworker who's ignoring us or we're sitting in the classroom and there's this person and they just not treating us well, a roommate, whatever it is, and we're sitting there and we ask and we stop and we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And we say, what would I have done to me? How can I consider how we would want to be treated? We stop and think, how would I want to be treated in this situation? And then treat others that way. Now, I'm going to give a couple caveats to that because we have to realize that we are all a little bit different, aren't we? We all respond differently. And so Jesus 
command, his call, his invitation to us to live this way has to come with some wisdom. So, for example, some of you out there are huggers and some are non-huggers, right? We've got the huggers and the non-huggers. Now, there may be a time when you're going through a difficult situation and what you want is a hug. And so you think, well, Jesus says, do to others what you would have them do to you. And you think, I'm going through a bad situation. So they're going through a bad situation. So I'm going to give them a big old hug. What if they're not a hugger? And so we have to, and it's kind of a silly thing, maybe a little bit, but we have to think through what really, what does that person need? And so when we say, do what others, what you would want them to do, it's not simply that pure physical act, but it's the the thought, the motivation, what they most need at the moment. Some people, when they have a question or they're going through a difficult time, they want somebody to share with them, to talk with them, to offer them answers and advice. And some people, when they're going through a difficult time, just want you to sit and say nothing. Some of us want the conversation. Some of us want the silence. And so Jesus invites us also to have wisdom in this. So when we say, do to others what you would have them do to you, it's also knowing that person. It's entering into that person and saying, what does that person need at that moment? It's being able to ask in the moment, if I were that person, would I want to be treated in this way? It's thinking through that moment when you call in to a company and you're upset and you realize this person at the other end is giving you the runaround, or at least you think they're giving you the runaround, and you're going and you're screaming at them and you're thinking, they're just doing their job. And you're thinking, if I were them, would I want to be treated in this way? And so it's stopping in those moments and being able to live in this way. And so Jesus is inviting us into something that seems on the one hand so incredibly simple but at the same time, so difficult. And so he takes all of these lessons, we think all these years of teaching and all these years of learning, of reading about the Bible and all these different commands, and he's saying we can boil it down to one simple thing, at least when it comes to our relationship with other people. To love your neighbor as yourself. To do to others what you would have them do to you. And we think... If only it were that easy, right? If only it were that easy. But Jesus is inviting us to begin to see others in a different way. To begin to see them for who they are and what they need. And to begin to not be selfish, but to be selfless. To begin to see others and what they need and recognize we need things too. And to say, how can I treat others the way I would long to be treated? Years ago, there was a popular movement where people would wear little bracelets and it had WWJD on it, right? Remember those? What would Jesus do? Maybe they still wear those, I don't know. I don't know what kids do these days. But what if we had a bracelet that said WWIW? What would I want? What would I want? As I'm interacting with people, as I'm having a conversation with my spouse, as I'm talking with my kids, as I'm interacting with somebody at the store, as I'm maybe 
writing a letter to a politician, as I'm doing all the things of life, I'm sitting in the doctor's office and there's somebody next to me and they're telling me about all their problems and you're hearing all these different things going on and you think back to these simple words of Jesus. He's been going on in this long sermon about who's blessed and living out these lives and what it looks like to live in his kingdom and under his rule and then at the end he says, this sums it all up. In a sense, what he's saying is, if you go away and you take nothing else, imagine he's he's been preaching for hours and hours. He's been sharing this thing. He says, okay, I know I've said a lot, but I want you to keep this one simple thing in mind if you can remember this. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Now what I would invite you to do is imagine a world. Not even a world. Begin with imagine a church. Imagine Fruitland Covenant Church as it enters into 2024. And over the course of that year, we begin to practice that simple rule, that simple call, that simple invitation of Jesus to begin to stop in every conversation, in every interaction to say, what would I want? As someone comes and they start to tell me a story about someone else and I decide whether or not I'm going to listen to that story or pass it on, I say, what would I want in that situation? As we're having an interaction with someone and someone maybe does something that seems rude to us and we think, oh, what would I want in that situation? Would I want them to maybe stop and try and understand what's going on? Somebody shows up late for something and you think, oh, they don't care about things. They don't, they're rude. They're always inconsiderate. They're always going to say, well, what would I want? Would I want them to try and stop and to understand what's going on in my life? So just stop and picture for a moment. And those are just a few possibilities of what it would look like if we at Fruitland Covenant Church in 2024 began to, by the power of the Spirit, with the help and the love of Jesus, to begin to live out this simple call of doing to others what we would want done to us. How would it transform our relationships? How would it transform our worship? How would it transform our Bible study, our generosity, all these different things? And then maybe we move it out just a little bit and say, what would it look like for Fruitland Township? What would it look like for Muskegon County to live in a place where the followers of Jesus, not only here at Fruitland Covenant Church, but at Lakedon Bethel, at Life Change, at the Lutheran Church, at the Reformed Church, at the Baptist Church, all the churches began to live out this simple call of Jesus to say, do to others what you would have them do to you. How would it transform our community? How would it transform our interactions online and in the newspaper? How would it transform our politics? And by politics, I'm not talking partisan politics of Republicans and Democrats, but politics in terms of our life together. And that's what politics is, is simply our common life together. It's our libraries, it's our police, it's our fire, it's the way we manage our land, it's the way we manage our water and our sewer and all these things together. That's politics and the way we live together. Imagine going into an election year. I don't want to think about that right now, do I? (laughs) Imagine going into a time and we're really considering that, what would I want? How could I treat others the way that I would want to be treated? 
Would I want someone to stop and try and understand the way that I think and why I hold the particular views that I do? Or would I rather simply have them label me and curse me out and tell me all the reasons why I'm wrong? Or would I want somebody to stop and understand? And if I would want somebody to stop and understand me, then maybe I too can try and stop and understand and see someone else's point of view. Doesn't necessarily mean I change my point of view, but if I simply try and understand. And we move beyond our county and our state to our country and our world. And imagine a world in which the followers of Jesus began to live out this simple call of doing to others what you would have them do to you. Of trying to understand, and we look around a world that is in chaos. It's been in chaos for thousands of years. It's nothing new. Wars have been going on since man first picked up a rock and a stick. Women, men, children sold into slavery. People going without clean water and food to drink. Nations building up arms and weapons and spending huge amounts of money for the sole purpose of killing one another. And we begin to ask ourselves, what would it look like if the church of Jesus Christ began to live out this simple call of doing to others what you would have them do to you? So as we begin to close out 2023 and enter into 2024, I would invite you to dream, to imagine what it would look like to have a world in which we lived out this simple call. It's not complicated. It's not complex. It's not difficult. It's not overly challenging. It's all a simple thing. In fact, we could probably go back and we could find that verse. And we're going to read that together. Find it here. So I would invite us as we close to get ready, and we're going to read this verse together. But first, imagine what it would look like to live in a world where we live this out. And then finally, to ask Jesus to help you live it out. So let's read this verse as we close together. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Amen.